Well, today we're concluding our message series, Extravagant Grace, with a message called Freed by Grace. Now, oftentimes we think of grace as only with respect to our salvation. We're saved by grace, and that's certainly true. But God's grace is not just for salvation. The grace of God is available to us to live our lives as believers. And so today we're going to be talking about how the grace of God can set us free. Jesus said in John 8, 36, and you can follow along in the white page in the middle of your bulletin. It has the message outline and the verses there. It says, so if this, he said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And so Jesus Christ, the very Son of God, came to this planet to set us free, to set us free to live the way that God created us to live. Now, some people might wonder what set us free from what? Well, every person on this planet is either a slave to sin or has been set free from sin. And so every unbeliever, every person who has not committed their life to Jesus Christ is a slave to sin, whether they know it or not. And most people don't even understand that. Every believer in Jesus has been set free from sin. Jesus makes that clear in John 8, 34. He said, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. To practice sin is to, to willfully, to habitually keep on sinning. And those who practice sin are slaves to sin. Sin has them in bondage. They, they don't even realize it, but they can't stop sinning. But as believers, we've been set free from sin. And yet, we do have an enemy, Satan, who, who tempts us to return to slavery to sin. And he seeks to ensnare us sometimes in various sinful habits that act as chains in our lives. Habits that keep us from the blessing that God has for us. Paul warns about this in Galatians 5.1. He says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. He's writing to Christians in the church at Galatia. He says, stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. And so these believers had been set free by Jesus. They've been set free to live in freedom. And yet this verse commanded, instructed them to stand firm in their freedom. And we're seeing that those words come out quite often this morning. We had a song about standing, a word from the Lord, and here again, and those were not coordinated except by the Holy Spirit. So there's something here this morning for us to stand firm, to stand on God's word. It says, do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Now, this is not a hypothetical warning. Some people say that warnings in God's scripture are hypothetical. There are no hypothetical warnings. What I'm saying is God's word does not Warn us against things that could never happen. Uh, this is a warning that something that could happen. If a believer doesn't stand firm in the freedom that God has purchased for them, they could indeed be snared in bondage to sin again. And so today we're going to learn about how Jesus sets us free from sin so that we can live for him. And as he sets us free, he also gives us the opportunity to help others walk in freedom as well. And so we're going to be looking mostly at Romans chapter 6 this morning, going through it and some facts about what is true of every believer through God's grace. Then we're going to look at what we must do in order to stay and grow in the freedom that God has given us. And finally, what benefits this freedom opens up for us as believers. And so the first thing that God 
says to us as believers, and this message is directed towards believers. If you're not yet a believer, these are the benefits that you could have by becoming a believer in Jesus Christ. We're going to give you an opportunity at the end of the service to make that decision if you haven't already. As believers, we are dead to sin. Dead to sin. Now, how we perceive ourselves is very important in how we live our lives. This is true in the natural realm. It's true in the spiritual realm as well. So what does this phrase dead to sin means? Well, if you're dead to something, you don't respond to it. You don't follow it. You don't submit to it. And so if we're dead to sin, we are no longer a slave to sin. We, we don't have to do what sin tempts us to do. Romans 6 verse 6 says, We know that our old self, was crucified with him, that's with Christ, in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. So when Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross, our, our old self, the old self from our unbelieving past, was also crucified and is therefore dead. And therefore, we as believers are no longer enslaved to sin. Sin has no control over us. We are, we are dead to sin. We, are, we have been set free from sin. Now, does that mean we're never going to sin again? Well, the Bible says any believer who says, I never sin again is lying. Uh, we all are tempted to sin. We may sin again. The fact of the matter is we don't have to because we're not a slave to sin. If we sin again, it's because we choose to sin. And of course, we need to repent, turn away from that sin and continue to walk with God. We are no longer slaves to sin, but we've been raised to new life. The passage goes on in verse 8. It says, now if we have died with Christ, we believe we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. So we know that Jesus Christ was crucified on the cross. He was laid in the tomb, buried for three days. But he didn't stay dead, did he? He was raised from the dead on the third day. And in the same way, we have been raised to new life in Christ's resurrection. We died to sin and we've been raised. We've been, the Bible speaks of it as being born again. We, as believers, now have eternal life. Jesus will never die again. He lives eternally. And we, as believers, have eternal life. Spiritually, we will live forever. Death has no dominion over Jesus, and sin has no power over us. So let's talk about some practical truths about these, uh, practical application about these truths, being no longer a slave to sin, but being raised to new life. Paul begins Romans chapter 6 by speaking about water baptism. I encourage you to read the whole chapter this week. We don't have time to look at all the verses. But water baptism in the Bible is, is always Believer's baptism by immersion. In other words, when a person puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, then they obey his command to be baptized. Infant baptism, although practiced by many, is not biblical. There's not a single verse that speaks of infant baptism. And we're going to see one of the reasons why. Because water baptism by immersion symbolizes or pictures the spiritual truth that God's word is teaching here. And that's why Paul mentions it earlier in the chapter, water baptism. So let's think about it for a minute. What happens in baptism? In baptism, the new believer is completely immersed under the water. 
And that picture of him going or her going underneath the water represents the believer being united with Christ in Christ's death and burial. And it's a, it's a visual image of that. And then the believer is brought back up out of the water just as it's a picture of Christ being raised from the dead and it represents the new birth of the believer being born again. And so water baptism illustrates the death of the old self or old man to sin and raising to life is a new man coming, being created by God, the believer in Christ, no longer controlled by sin. And so we must be clear, water baptism does not save a person. That's a separate thing. Salvation is by faith in Jesus Christ alone. Water baptism is commanded by Jesus and everything that God commands us to do as we obey it, we are blessed. And we are blessed as we are baptized in obedience to Him. It gives us a memory point to look back. I was baptized a long time ago. Uh, I, was, I was saved at the age of four, baptized at nine, but I still remember it. It's a memory point uh, of obeying Christ's command and knowing that I am dead to sin. If you're a believer that here this morning and you've never been baptized by immersion since you've become a believer, I'd encourage you to follow Christ's command. Uh, there's in your Connect card, there's a box that you can check to sign up for baptism and uh, as you get that, as you check that box, we'll get you on the list for our next baptism. So we are to yield to God's command to be baptized. We must also yield our lives to God. Since as believers we're dead to sin, according to God's word, we must yield ourselves not to sin, but to God. Somebody might say, well, you know, Pastor Dan, if, if I'm dead to sin, then why am I still tempted every day? Why do I sometimes give in to temptation? Well, first of all, you're not alone. Each one of us is tempted every day. Jesus himself was tempted by the devil. It's not a sin to be tempted. Sometimes we get confused, like, why did I have that awful thought? Well, it's the devil put that in your head. It's not a sin to be tempted. Uh, what is a sin is to give in to the temptation. And so rather than trying just to say no to sin, let us learn to say yes to God by yielding our lives to Him on a daily basis. And God's Word in Romans chapter 6 tells us this begins by considering ourselves dead but alive. Verse 11, so you must also consider yourselves. Circle that word consider. Consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. And so as believers, God wants us to train ourselves to think and speak according to the truth of God's word, whether we feel like it or not. Let's practice that this morning. Let's practice saying together, I'm dead to sin and alive to God. You ready? Can you get that? I am dead to sin, but alive to God. I am dead to sin and alive to God. And so when you're tempted to do something, to say something, to think something in your mind or with your voice, say, I'm dead to sin. I'm not going to respond to that temptation. I am alive to God. Now, the battle against sin 
is fought. It begins and it's fought in the mind. You're either going to have victory in your thoughts or you're going to be on the way to defeat in your thoughts. And as we grow in considering ourselves dead to the things that tempt us, dead to the sin that seeks to entice us, but alive to God, we are going to sin less and less. The second aspect of yielding to God rather than to sin is to present yourself to God. This passage goes on in verse 13. It says, do not present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourself to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. And so to yield to God is now being explained as presenting your members to God and not to sin. Now, what are our members? Well, our members are basically our body parts, okay? Now, what are our body parts? Well, it's our mouths. You know, the things that we say can be either things that are good or not so good. Body parts are our brain, our thoughts, the things that we think about. It's our ears, the things that we listen to. Our eyes, the things that we look at. Our hands, the things that we do. Are they for God or for sin? Our feet, where do we go? All of our hearts, what do we feel? What are our feelings? And those members can do all kinds of things. They can be used, the word here in this translation is instruments, probably there are some translations, oftentimes the translations take the tamest, uh, the tamest view of a word, but it's actually a word for weapons. Uh, it's a word that's normally used for weapons. Don't present your members to sin as weapons for unrighteousness, but present your members to God as weapons for, for his use, weapons for righteousness. And so we are to consciously present ourselves in our members to God regularly, I would say on a daily basis. Or if you're tempted in some area, you're tempted to think of a bad thought about somebody else. Say, no, God, I present my thoughts. I present my mind to you. I want to think the thoughts that you want me to think and not these thoughts from the enemy. Could be with anything. Uh, make a covenant with your eyes to look at godly things and not ungodly things. A covenant with your ears to not listen to ungodly things, but to listen to godly things. Another way of understanding being dead to sin and alive to God is to see ourselves as sacrifices. We're just going to look at a couple of verses outside of Romans 6, and then we'll get back to it. Romans 12, verse 1, just one verse actually, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Living sacrifice. This imagery is of the Old Testament sacrifice, they sacrificed animals on the altar. Now, those were not living sacrifices. They killed those animals. Uh, that was the point. They died. Their blood was shed. They were offered as worship to God. Uh, and so that animal was a dead sacrifice. But God doesn't want us to be dead sacrifices. He wants us to be living sacrifices. We offer ourselves as dead to sin, but alive to God. Our bodies are to be wholly used only by God. And it says here that this is our spiritual worship, to offer ourselves 
as living sacrifices to God, yielding to God in these ways. Now, as I was thinking and meditating on these verses, I, I thought, you know, our, our thoughts and our words have an astounding impact on our lives. Now, our thoughts are internal. So far, nobody can read other people's thoughts yet. I mean, there's some things. You know, maybe that'll happen someday if you get hooked up to some machine. I don't know. But right now, nobody can know what you're thinking, only God. And uh, <clears throat> we'll pray for you, Richard. Okay. <clears throat> uh, but our words, we have words that are external, that we speak, that other people can hear. And don't we have words that are internal? I mean, you could call it your thoughts, but it, you talk to yourself. Anybody ever talk to yourself? And you say wonderful things, how wonderful I am, right? <laughs> Uh, how wonderful you are. But sometimes uh, you, we can talk good things about ourselves. What God's word says about us. We're children of God. God's got a wonderful plan. And sometimes we don't talk so good about ourselves. Anybody not talk good to yourself sometimes? Like, how could I do that dumb thing, you know? And uh, God wants us to use our thoughts, to use our words to build others up, and to build ourselves up. If we think and speak, for example, of being unable to, to break a sinful habit in our life, you know, I'll never be able to get rid of this. I'm never, I'm never going to, then you're never going to be free of it because you're speaking things that are not in line with God's word. Now, I'm not saying that you can break these habits in your own strength, but if you yield yourself to God as he commands and you begin to think and speak according to his word, he's going to set and keep you free. God's word says that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And so as a believer, we are to yield ourselves to God on a, on a daily basis. Yield the members of your body. Now, probably all of us have different things that get us in trouble, different things that tempt us. Whatever, whatever is your issue, yield that to God on a daily basis. Present it to God according to these scriptures. Perhaps... Your mind kind of talked about this already, but perhaps you have a problem with worrying. And you tend to think negative, depressing thoughts about the future. Offer your mind to God. Offer your thoughts to God. Begin to follow his word and thinking good things that God's word says about you. Yield your members to God. Present them to God and use what he's given you for godly purposes. Grace, God's grace is there to set us free. The grace of God is there to forgive our sin. He's there to, or God's grace is there to make us a new creation and to give us the power to live in increasing freedom every day. You can live in freedom from sin. That's what God wants us to live. Romans 6 verse 15 says, what then are we to sin because we are not under law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourself to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. And so the freedom that grace brings to us is not a freedom to do whatever we want to do, whatever we would like to do. It's a freedom, first of all, from sin. 
Some in Paul's day and some today have taken the truth of being saved by grace and have actually fallen away from God. They would say, since I don't have to keep the law, since I don't have to do good things or obey God's commands in order to be saved, then it really doesn't matter what I do because God's going to forgive me. I can just sin and confess and he'll forgive me. I, and that's even more grace, isn't it? So I should just sin a lot so I can be forgiven a lot and enjoy all of God's grace. It doesn't matter what I do. Well, Paul is arguing against that teaching. Uh, it's a false teaching. It says whatever you present yourself, to anyone and, and you do what they say, you present yourself to sin to sin, then you become a slave to sin. Being a slave to sin, what is the ultimate result? It leads to death. I'm speaking here of eternal death, uh, of spending eternity apart from God in a place called hell. So living in freedom from sin means we must live as slaves to God. Verse 17, but thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin when they were unbelievers have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching which you were committed and having been set free from sin have become slaves of righteousness. So let's think for a minute what it means to be a slave. A slave is owned by a master. A slave obeys his master's commands. A slave obeys only one master. You can't be a slave to two masters. I mean, that would not work. A slave obeys only one master. He answers to no one else. And so God's word here is teaching us that every person, whether they know it or not, is either a slave to sin or a slave to righteousness, which is the same as a slave of God. To be a slave of sin, it's a terrible thing, and it leads ultimately to spiritual death. To be a slave to God is a wonderful thing. It leads to eternal life with God. It leads to a wonderful life here on this earth and an amazing eternity with him. And so we should be filled with thanksgiving that Jesus Christ has set us free from sin so that we can be slaves, servants of the Most High God, who will never command us to do anything that's not good, that's not pleasing, that's not acceptable. It might be hard, it might be difficult, but it's always going to be for our best. We are set free by grace. Now, I would say today, if we look around us at society and our culture, that many people would say, I'm free to act any way I want. And that, you know, that's how I want to live. Just be free. Don't tell me what to do. I don't want any restrictions. I don't want any rules. I am free to live however I want. And some people use that as an argument against becoming a Christian. I don't want people telling me what I can't do. I just want to be free. They think, people think that they are in charge of their own lives. And yet, what have we learned this morning? Everyone is a slave. Everyone is a slave other, either to sin and actually Satan, or you are a slave to righteousness and God. Those who think they are free to do whatever they want to do are in bondage to sin. They need to find freedom from sin in Christ Jesus. And those who have been set free from sin by grace are free not to do our own thing, but to obey our Lord and Master. That's what Lord means, that he's our Master, who is Jesus Christ. If 
you're a believer here this morning, you still may be struggling with some type of besetting sin. God wants to set you free. Already had in our announcements, but we do have a living free group that meets on Thursday nights that can help you walk in God's freedom. And so we encourage you, or if you know somebody that's struggling with some habit and they just can't break free, they might not be a Christian, they might be a Christian. They want to be free. If they're a Christian, they're going to want to be free, okay? And we can help them. And we encourage you to talk to them about the group. So to walk in freedom, we must understand and truly believe that we are dead to sin. The more we can think that in our minds, the more it will become a reality in our lives. We must yield ourselves to God on a daily basis. It's not enough just to say, I'm not going to do this thing. I'm not going to do this thing. No, we yield ourselves to God. We present the things that are causing us to sin. We present those members, those thoughts to God. And we begin to do the things that he's calling and telling us to do. We train our thoughts to consider ourselves dead to sin, but alive to God. And so grace sets us free from being slaves to sin, not to do whatever we want, but to be slaves of God. And true freedom, the freedom that Jesus talked about, whom the Son sets free will be free indeed. True freedom comes from serving the Lord Jesus Christ and his plan for our lives. So to become a believer, to become a Christian, according to the Bible's definition, to be set free from sin, we need to, first of all, admit that we've sinned. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's every human being who's ever lived, with the exception of Jesus Christ, has sinned. We need to admit it and turn away, repent of that sin, and put our faith in belief in Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross, Paid the penalty for our sins. Rose from the dead. And he's able to forgive us. Ask for his forgiveness and commit our lives to following him as our Lord and master. To being a slave of God. So I'd like us to bow our heads right now. And we're going to pray a simple prayer. A prayer of commitment. If you've never prayed a prayer like this, I'd encourage you to pray. You can just pray in your mind. God knows your thoughts. I don't know your thoughts, but God does. Perhaps you've made a commitment in the past, but you've wandered away from the faith. And you know you've, you're not following God as you once did. I'd encourage you to recommit your life uh, this morning as well. Let's pray something like this. Father, today, I admit that I've sinned. I've done wrong things. I believe that Jesus died on the cross, paid the penalty for my sins that I might be forgiven. Please forgive me. Come into my life. I commit myself to following you, Jesus, as my Lord and Master all the days of my life. And for those of us who are believers, let's, let's pray as well this morning. Father, we thank you for your grace that brings freedom into our lives. We're grateful that we are dead to sin. Sin no longer has power over us. Help us to yield ourselves to you on a daily basis as, as living sacrifices. When temptation comes, God, may we consider ourselves dead to that temptation and alive to you. We want you to use us as your servants. And we commit ourselves to obeying everything that you tell us to do as our master. 
Forgive us for the times when we, when we think our standard is the people around us and we want to fit in with the crowd and conform to others rather than submitting to your word. Help us to not only walk in freedom for ourselves, but to help others to find freedom in Jesus Christ as well. It's in his name that we pray. Amen.